0: Praise the Lord. It's really a blessing and honor to be here again. I thank God that I was invited back. That means, hopefully, that there is no uh, um, any type of heresy detected in the first time I preached last year. And uh, I give God thanks for that. Um, you know, uh, I have a, a high regard for your pastor, uh, Dave Hurtwick. And, um, you know, if he's asking me to preach at a church where he pastors, then I'm like, I'm terrified. So, um, but God is good. And I know. Uh, that you are used to, you know. Once again, filet mignon when when he preaches and everything. So my prayer today is that God will empower me to bless you with a word that's not a soft taco with cheese whiz. And so we're gonna believe God together that that's what's going to happen. Uh, just before I continue, I uh, just want to give honor and thanks to all of those who are veterans. Praise God. I don't take that lightly. That really means a lot to me. We thank you for your service in our country. My two oldest, my oldest son, uh, he served in Iraq in the Marine Corps. My daughter, uh, she was in the Marines for many years. And then she, 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 she finished, and I said, thank God. And then she signed up for the Army. And so she's at Fort Drum. And so uh, just continue to keep them in prayer, and, and, and we give God thanks. Can you, listen, bar your heads with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we jump in. Lord, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to dig into your word. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word. And God, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit... We'll just do something absolutely miraculous this morning through the power of your word and the presence of your Holy Spirit. We invite your kingdom to invade our kingdom today, Lord, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let your way become our way today, Lord, as we submit to your word. Father, I won't resist it, Lord. Speak truth into my heart and give me the courage, Lord, Father, to embrace what you're speaking to me today. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today's text is taken from Galatians chapter three. I'll read the very first six verses in Galatians chapter three. And and, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely, it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. I'm going to say that part again. It is because you, he- because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, in the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Some background uh, information to create enough context so we can understand uh, uh, this, this, this message. Uh, this, this, this letter is to the church. In Galatia, and the church is filled with Gentiles, people who were not raised Jewish, but when they came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, they accepted him as Lord and Savior, and by faith, they they were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's awesome, but then individuals came into the church and said, hey, if you really want to be saved, you got to get circumcised and you got to begin to follow the law of Moses and and they wanted to really be saved and so now they started you know following the law of Moses and and Paul is like what are you doing you you already you know embracing and receive salvation why are you going back to this thing called the law the law and and the question that I'm gonna focus on to start off is the question that Paul asked them did you receive the Holy Spirit did you engage in this awesome a uh, 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 relationship with God that's passionate and intimate. Your connection with the God given, the connection to God given to you through the Holy Spirit, did you receive that by following the law of Moses? Like, what is the law? What's, what is the big deal when it comes to this idea of the law? And by definition, this is what the law is. The principles and regulations established in a community by some authority and applicable to its people, whether in the form of legislation or of custom and policies recognized and enforced by judicial decision, a system or collection of such rules. The law of Moses was central to to the children of Israel's relationship to God. In fact, it was like that stamp of approval that showed that they had a covenant, agreement between them and God. It, 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 it spoke into their culture, it spoke into their traditions and, and their festivals. And, and this is so important uh, for the children of Israel. So these these individuals came into the church and they said to the Galatians, you need to start doing this, which is kind of cool, except for the fact that they're not Jewish. It's not their culture. It wasn't their tradition. And, 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 and the law didn't hit them the way it should have. So what's the problem? What's the issue? Well, here's the thing. The law of God is awesome. And, 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 and we love it. And, and, and even in Psalms 119, uh, the psalmist did say that the law is beautiful and it's great and, and it's awesome. But here's the thing you need to know about the law in case you didn't know. The law of God is terrifying and it's frightening. You can always determine, you know, the, the, the direction of a law or the importance of the law simply by how the law is presented or how it comes about, you know. And, and when we read in Exodus how the law of God came, it is absolutely terrifying. The Bible lets us know that Moses brought them uh, out of Egypt and they finally came to this place called Mount Sinai. But here's, here's what a lot of Christians forget about Mount Sinai. The Bible says Mount Sinai was a mountain and it shook There was smoke at the top, and there was fire. And when you read those descriptions, you understand that the children of Israel came to worship at the bottom of a volcano. That, listen, right there, that's problems for me. Right then and there, we should have an understanding. Sometimes you can read the Bible in church and Sunday school, and it doesn't just hit you the way it should. Please understand that the children of Israel came to God at the foot of a mountain that really resembled a volcano. Moses went up there for 40 days. He didn't come back down. They thought he died. I'm letting you know that the beginning of the law of Moses is absolutely terrifying. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 21 to 22, uh, God speaks to Moses, and God is excited about uh, come and and introducing himself to the people, and he's going to bring the law to the people. And God tells Moses, hey, I'm going to bring you the law. So here's what you got to do. Tell the people to consecrate themselves for three days, and if they don't, they'll die. See, that's number two right there, that right there, number two. Number one, we're at a volcano. That's, that's already unsettling, that's already unsettling. But number two, this thing about dying, this thing about dying, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm totally pure and I'm okay, my clothes are washed, I'm consecrated, setting myself apart from all foolishness and I like that for three days just so that you can tell me the law and that I don't die. That's the beginning of the law of Moses. It doesn't take away from its importance. It doesn't take away from its effectiveness. But we need to be aware that, listen, do it right or else you'll die. This is what he says in verse 21. Then the Lord told Moses, go back down and warn the people not to break through the boundaries to see the Lord or they will die. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves, check this out, so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. I'm letting you know the, the law is serious. Old school movie, Ten Commandments of Charlton Heston. He's up there on the mountain, and the Bible lets us know that he wrote the, the Ten Commandments, the finger of God, and you see this fire, thou shalt not kill. And, it, and, and there's explosions, and there's smoke, and there's fire, and there's all this other, and it's a crazy situation, and, 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 and it's, 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 it's terrifying. You just got to be real. The law of Moses is terrifying. There's something about the Lord that supposedly creates a sense of safety when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. And what's interesting is that following these things never resulted in receiving the Holy Spirit. It's terrifying, and following these rules never brings me to a place where I cannot engage in a passionate and intimate uh, relationship with the Lord. I'm still scared to death, and even as a child of God, we bring the commandments even into our own lives. Like, listen, I was raised in a very strict uh, Pentecostal holiness family, and we had our own uh, commandments. It was called the Delmatch Commandments, and it was my my father's voice, thou shalt wear a tie in church. (laughs) And this is craziness. And and even now, I'm, I'm I'm wearing this, and I'm afraid that my dad or my mom might see this video somewhere. And, and this is like a curse that there's no tie, there's no tie. Thou shalt not play basketball or go to the mall on a Sunday. And that's my father's voice. That is still there. And when I first came in here today, I can remember. I could just hear, Thou shalt not have coffee in the sanctuary. And I had my, my cup of Dunkin' Donuts, and I felt like I was just going to explode into flames as I came through those doors, because deep down inside, that law still exists, that law still, and then remember, the law is not bad, it, it teaches us reverence, and, and it allows us to navigate through culture and, and tradition, but the truth of the matter is, the law doesn't work, it doesn't make us more righteous. It doesn't make us more righteous. It, it really doesn't. And in fact, in that same passive scripture in Exodus 19, remember when I tell you that God says, hey, make sure you go down there and tell the, the people don't come through, or else I'm going to, and I got I will break out against them and destroy them. If God is gonna break out against you, that's messed up. Just understand, you don't want God just breaking out against you. And and you should understand that the very first time you hear that, listen, stop what you're doing, or else I'm gonna break out against you and destroy you. Understand that Moses' response to the Lord was this, but Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai because you already warned us because we're humans and we listen the very first time. You told me, mark off the boundary all around the mountain to set it apart as holy. God's response was, "Yeah, I know I told you, that's why I'm going to have to tell you again. Make sure to go back down there and tell them don't go. Listen. If God speaks to you once as law, he already knows there's a tendency that you're just going to go against that again. The law doesn't work. It doesn't make you more holy. And that brings me to my second point, life abiding. The first point was law abiding. If your whole life is centered around just abiding by the law, I'm here to let you know that doesn't improve your life. That just shows you how unlawful you are. It doesn't add to it. But then my second point is actually law-abiding. And this is what he said in verse 2. You received the Spirit because you believed in the message you heard about Christ. And When, 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 when he said you received the Spirit, understand that receiving the Spirit of God allows you to come into access with him. allows you to engage in this awesome relationship with him. He says you, you have this relationship because you believed. In Romans chapter 8 verse 3 and 4, this is what it actually tells us that the law failed. And this is what it says it says, "God, listen, what the law could not do weak as it was through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, every single place where the law says you're going to die, you're going to die. The Bible says Jesus Christ took that death upon Himself. It's not about you getting the law right. Trust me, we already know we get the law wrong. But Jesus came to do what the law could not do. See? And sometimes, even though we're believers, we're still trying to do according to the law. Like as if God has some sort of divine scoreboard and he's taking point. Let me tell you something, it's already over. That price has already been paid. What the law could not do, Jesus did it. It's weak. It's beautiful, but it's weak. It's God's word, but it's weak. It took Jesus to do that and it's by faith. You know, here's the thing. I I took the Taconic Parkway up here and got onto the thruway, right? And, and when, I, when I got up here, you know, as I'm driving, I recognized that the law said that the speed limit is 55 miles an hour. I know it. I saw it. But I want you to know that the law did not make me go the limit. Are there any state troopers here? Jesus covered it. Okay, great. So listen, listen. <laughs> so even though I saw 55, I saw 55, I saw 55, I was still in control. And would you believe, because I saw 55, I went 65. <laughs> when I got on the throughway, it says 65. Because I saw 65, I went 75. The law did not bring me down to follow it. In fact, just because I'm a human being, I wanted to see how far I can go by, 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 by not abiding by the law. And let me tell you, I was not, I was not driving 55 miles an hour. I was driving... And, 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 and listen, and this is what matters. That every time I saw a car in the bush, all of a sudden, now I started what? See, see, so so it wasn't the fact that the law stated I saw someone who was there to tell me or someone that would now discipline me or death. See, see, so it's not so much that people wanted to follow the law. They were just afraid of the consequences of breaking the law. The law will not make you good. It doesn't. My wife, uh, she's a registered nurse and work She used to work in the neonatal ICU, right, at Winthrop University Hospital. She used to work uh, nights sometimes, and and sometimes when she's working a night shift and it's it's Sunday morning, she comes home, I need to get dressed to, you know, to get ready for church, but listen, after she works nights and she wants to get some sleep, she really turns our bedroom into a sarcophagus, and so she just shuts out all lights. There's no daylight coming in, like she's a vampire. She shuts all the windows, and she pulls all the drapes, and and basically, I'm just left there to get dressed uh, pretty much in the dark, and I'm pretty confident in my own fashion sense, I'm very confident in what I wear and how to match colors and things like that, but let me tell you it doesn't matter what your fashion sense is like if you're getting dressed in the dark, and there have been many a Sundays where I come to church with one brown shoe and one black shoe, or or, or when I think that the, the shirt is white, but it's really like a green, and the, 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 the tie doesn't match at all, and, and, and so when I get to church and I realize, oh my gosh, I go going to the bathroom, I look at the mirror, and the mirror exposes exactly what I am. It shows me exactly who I am. The Bible lets us know that the law, the law is just like that. It's a tw- it's just like a a mirror and it just shows you who you are it will not improve you because even though my shirt doesn't match my tie, my shoes i go mirror help and the mirror goes no look at you you're a mess you're a clown you're a clown we value the mirror because the mirror shows how i don't line up but the mirror does not do anything to make me match. It just shows me how much I'm in desperate need of being in the light and so that things can change. The law is weak. However, faith in Christ makes the difference that word believed he says in that word believe because you believe that word is pistuo or pistis in, in in Greek it means faith to to believe to rely on to adhere to and he says because of this belief you see now you have the holy spirit because of this belief now you have uh, this access to this relationships. You might be in this room right now, and you said, "I don't." Know, I, there's no way I could do this Christian thing because I, I I can never do anything right. Trust me, the pastor preaching to you broke the law to get here. <laughs> don't re- don't repeat that. <laughs> but it's not about following the law. It's about having faith in Jesus Christ that brings you into this right relationship with God. Uh, John 3:16 says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes, Pistuo, whosoever relies on, whosoever adheres to, whosoever holds on to, whosoever trusts in, whosoever believes in will not perish but have everlasting life." Which is why in this letter to the Galatians Paul's Paul referenced Abraham he referenced Abraham in verse 6 he said Abraham believed just like Abraham believed and God credited his account Pistuo. Abraham believed in God and so what would make sense is what does this have to do with law and so I'm going to go back real quick to Genesis to to look at the situation that Paul was actually making note of to to help the Galatians understand how powerful believing God was. And, And in Genesis, real quick, Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, this is what it says. After these things... The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And, and what you might not realize, Abram has already been on this journey with the Lord for a couple of years. God God, God called Abram out of the Ur of the Chaldees and says, listen, I'm going to show you a place. Uh, don't worry, you'll, you'll know it when you get there. Just just, just follow my leading. And, and he had enough faith to leave all that he knew, his culture, his traditions, even his God. He left all of that to follow wherever. God would say, I'm going to send you to a land that's going to be yours. And he believed God. And with all of that, he trusted God. But check this out. In, in verse 15, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. He said, Do not fear, Abram. I'm a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. And Abram said, Oh, Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? Listen, the law is frightening. But God's intention from the very beginning was to have a relationship with you and me. And as frightening as the law is, Paul references this moment in the life of Abram that showed, listen, vulnerability. That showed uh, 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 an error in his life where the faith that he has in God somehow did not also connect to the loss that he was feeling inside. Have you ever trusted God with everything that you had but still had some unanswered questions going on? Have you ever believed God enough for your life and your relationship with him but still hoping that he'll reach your children? The Bible says that after all these years of following God by faith, Abraham was like, yeah, I know that you're my shield. Yeah, I know that you're my reward. But all I wanted all these years was a child. See? I know what it's like to trust God with everything, but still cry at night. See, the law can't help you with that. Do you know what it's like to really want to trust God, but you know there's some things about you that's just out of, this, uh, just out of whack, and you don't know if you can ever be who God is calling you to be? I know you're my reward. I know you're my shield, but this thing is not working out. And this is what God said in response to that. Because, because he swore, Abram swore, listen, I'm older now, my wife is older, I, I don't have any kids. Everything that you've blessed me with is going to go to my servant. I know, listen, I, I got five minutes, but I feel led to say this. Sometimes our Christian walk is not as black and white as we want it to be. If I could be real with you, sometimes things get complicated. And when you read it in the scripture, you really want to believe God. But sometimes your heart is broken or sometimes the family's not working out the way it, sh- it should. Sometimes that job is not there. Like it, and then you come to church and you hear how great God is and how he's a shield. And, how, and you're like, but, 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 but. See, that's this moment. I'm here to let you know right now the law doesn't work in those situations. See, so all the laws we put in our lives so that we could be good Christians will never, ever heal your heart. See, understand that? And, and, and right here, Abraham feels that. He says, but Lord, I know you're good, but what my, I, 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 all I've ever wanted was a child. And this is what God says. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir. But one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And then the Lord took him outside and said, now look towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said, so shall your descendants be in the toughest time of your life, in the roughest season when you feel like nothing else is going to work out. God is going to visit you and speak a word to you. Forget the law. Forget what everybody else thinks. I'm speaking directly to you. It's going to be okay. It's going to work out. Do you believe me? And this is what the Bible said The Bible says he believed in the Lord. See now we're talking The law says you're gonna lose, but God says you're gonna win. Who are you gonna believe? See the law says you don't deserve mercy. God says I'm gonna give it to you. Who do you believe? The doctor says it by Lord, This can never happen. God says I'm saying it's gonna happen. Who are you gonna believe? And the Bible says That Abraham believed God. Do you know what it's like to believe God beyond your pain? Do you know what it's like to believe God when everybody else says no, but God says yes? And for you to just hold on to that little piece, even though the law says you're convicted, but God says you're free. Do you know what that's like? Now we're talking about pistuo. see, not law. And the Bible says, because he believed, the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. That word reckon or counted, it, 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 it's a, the Greek word is logizomai. And it really means to calculate or to credit. Anybody ever, anybody got one of these? Mm. Right? oh, <laughs> right, right, and, and, and so when you go into the store and, and you don't have any cash in your pocket and they say, uh, uh, cash or credit, you go, ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, yay. And this is powerful because you can swipe and it's yours. But then here's a lesson I learned in my first year of college. Do you know sooner or later someone got to pay for that, though? <laughs> I didn't know that part. I saw people use this on TV shows and things like that. Swipe and then you get this bill in the mail and everything that you swiped because it's been credited to your account the Bible says that in the midst of his most vulnerable state Abraham believed God and because he believed God God credited his account as righteousness or being in right standing forget law God says you and I we're going to have a relationship because you believed me And he swiped it. But you know, if if it's been credited, it's gotta be paid for. And this is where I end. The Bible tells me in John chapter 19, verse 30, that as Jesus hung on the cross, this is what he said. He said, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, that word finished Is teleo in the Greek, T-E-L-E-O, and it literally means the price is paid, the account is closed, it's paid in full. I'm letting you know that we're in right standing with God, not because you do all the thou shalt nots, but instead, we're in right standing with God because you believed and he credited your account. And when the bill came due, Jesus paid it all. That's why we can worship him. And so it doesn't make any sense why you go back to trying to do the law when it's already paid in full. Who pays for a shirt at Old Navy that's already been paid for? Forget that, this is mine. And that's how exactly you should see salvation. God's not asking you to jump on a cross and pay for it all over again. It's already been paid in full. Amen? God bless you.